and almost ritual exchange between parents and children that goes something like this. The child says, you keep saying the same thing over and over again. I already heard you. And the parent says, but so far you haven't listened to me and you don't do what I tell you to do. Every Ash Wednesday, God our Heavenly Father has the same conversation with us as children of God. We hear the same scriptures, we are marked with ashes. We enter into the holy season of Lent. Maybe God has to keep saying the same things to us over and over again because we have not really yet learned how to listen and do what God hopes and desires for us. When we were children, well, at least when I was a child, we spent hours discussing and pondering what each of us was going to give up for Lent. And whatever it was that was given up was almost always some childish luxury. Penny candy, Hershey bars, the nickel popsicle, you can tell how old I am, or something that we shouldn't have been doing anyway like fighting with our younger brother. Whatever we gave up, it was a temporary deprivation. We planned to, and we did, resume our regular behavior as soon as Easter Day dawned. Most of us in all of those exercises learned nothing more than to be able to congratulate ourselves if we managed to keep those little disciplines of Lent for the whole time of Lent. And thus, the abstinence, the giving up became itself a tribute to our virtue. We became the focus of Lent, and we lost entirely the real teaching lesson intended in any such discipline. And another Ash Wednesday would roll around, and we'd hear God speaking to us again and again the same thing. And today, here we are another Ash Wednesday, in the presence of God. To have our foreheads marked with ash, here we are, dedicating ourselves to make a right beginning of repentance in the observance of Lent. So what might God really want to say to us children, for us to really listen up to and respond and do? Well, let's see. We begin, dust you are, and to dust you shall return. That is, we are mortal. And I believe that's one of the hardest things that we human beings have to do, is acknowledge that we are not God, we are not immortal, we do not have infinite lengths of time to do whatever. We are mortal. We are born of the love of our Creator. We are clothed with flesh that is the stuff of the earth. We live and we shall die. So we don't have forever and a day to get around to living into being God's children, looking like and acting like the little chips off the old block, growing up to be like Dad, like Mom. 
ashes to ashes, dust to dust, reminds us of our kinship with those first people of the creation narrative, Eve and Adam and Cain and Abel and Esau and Jacob, Rachel and Leah. All these people that we read about in Genesis displayed the best and worst characteristics of being human. Ever and always, when left to their own free will, these ancestors of ours chose less than the best. Sort of like us. Less than the best. Conniving and stealing and passing the buck of blame and being pea green jealous and even committing murder to get their own way. We are like unto our ancestors. We are mortal. We have so little time to live on this good earth, and we insist, every one of us, on wasting all too much of that precious time frittering away in trivialities the earthly substance of our being when we actually could be about our Father's business, doing the good work of being God's partners in creation. This time, this Ash Wednesday, let's begin by remembering who we are and to whom we belong, body and soul, dust and breath of life. Dust you are, and to dust you shall return. All of us go down to the grave, and yet even at the grave we make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Bet you never thought you were going to hear hallelujahs in an Ash Wednesday sermon. We are made by God, and to God we shall return. In birth and death and belong, we are cradled in the Creator's strong hands of love. And it is love that will never let us go completely, and yet will not force us into doing and being good. Today, Let's pay attention to our Creator. In the words of the prophet, we return to the Lord God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, abounding in faithful, steadfast love. Does it come as some of a surprise to discover that God Almighty welcomes our return? We do not have to come crawling, abasing ourselves. And we do not have to come bearing great and virtuous acts of public humiliation. We do have to come home. Trusting, to paraphrase Tom Baudet speaking from Motel 6, that God has left the lights on for us. We do have to come home trusting in God's grace, counting on God's love, knowing our absolute need of and dependence on God. Ash Wednesday and Lent are not about our virtuous giving up of things, are not about our discipline into learning how to be good. Ash Wednesday and Lent are about God's goodness, ever and always ready to be at work in us. Ash Wednesday and Lent are about our responding to God's goodness, allowing God to be at work in and through us. God is gracious and merciful, 
God is slow to anger and of great kindness. God can be counted on. God is dependable. God creates and gives out of the abundance of love overflowing. And thank God, God welcomes new beginnings. Ever and always, God offers a new chance, a graced time to clean up and listen up and learn to start over and get it nearer right the next time. And we are the children of God. We too can be gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. We too can come to be counted on to be faithful and steadfast. We too can forgive and give a new chance to relationship. We too can keep the home lights on and give a welcome back with open arms. We can learn to give and give and give again without counting the cost. And what better time to begin again as God's children than right now, this Ash Wednesday. By tradition, Lent is marked by renewed prayer and fasting and almsgiving, and as well by contrition for our sins of omission and commission by our seeking forgiveness and giving forgiveness. In prayer, we join Jesus on his purposeful retreat out into the wilderness so that we can hear God speaking to us and with us. Prayer and the discipline of making time for spiritual reading and study awaken us to God's call on us to become his children in act as well as in truth. In our fasting, we can take on a disciplined simplicity of eating or abstaining from food for a defined time so that we can come alive to awareness that all our food and drink is a gift from God, neither to be taken for granted nor to be abused. By our almsgiving during Lent, that charitable sharing with others, the stems from our compassion and our shared identity, we can learn to make a new relationship that makes amends for our selfishness and for the greed that has taken us away from right relationship with God. If we choose a Lenten discipline of not only being sorry for our sins before God, but also asking forgiveness from those we have wronged, making restitution to those we have shortchanged, we shall be laying the groundwork for a new and purified relationship with all the sons and daughters of the holy. These six weeks of Lent are coincidentally, or maybe not so coincidentally, just about the length of time that it takes, they say, for humans to create new habits. Isn't that an amazing coincidence? So we have these six weeks to learn new habits, not just to spend and then go, oh, it's Easter day, we can go back to what we were before. In all these actions of prayer and fasting and almsgiving, of asking forgiveness and giving restitution, we will begin this Lent 
to create new habits of the heart that will continue far after the joy of Easter has come upon us. And we shall find a renewed joy and delight in relationship with our God as we become more and more like him who graciously allows us to be radiant with his steadfast love. Listen up, hear, and respond to the word the Spirit is speaking this day. Amen. Those who would like to receive ashes may come to the altar rail at this time. 